Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, Sports to the Max Twins. Tomorrow night against the Detroit Tigers right here on News Talk 830. No, 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 Mike. No, no, no. Timberwolves, game five right here on WCC. You want to start that over? We can start the segment over if you want. Okay, ready? Yeah. Three, Three, two, one. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. You're home to the Minnesota Timberwolves and Twins. Tomorrow night, we've got a doubleheader simultaneously. Timberwolves will be playing right here on WCCO Game 5. 6 o'clock, the pregame, 6.30, the tip-off with Alan Horton. Over on the Wolf, 102.9, the Twins and the Detroit Tigers. 6.30 pregame, 7.05, the first pitch. Corey and Dan with the call. Thank you. Joining us now, thank you, <laughs> on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Troy Bell, one-time Memphis Grizzly, first-round draft pick. They moved him right over to Memphis to play for Hubie Brown. And I ran Detroit the other night. I was speaking at the MYAS, Minnesota Youth Athletic Services uh, Banquet, and had a great time visiting with Troy and his wife. And uh, uh, yeah, before we get to the, to the Timberwolves in Memphis, Troy, i got to tell you that MYAS Banquet reminded me of how absolutely paramount and important it is that we get kids opportunities uh, and make sure that everybody that wants to play has a chance to play on a team. Isn't that the truth? Definitely the truth, Mike. You know, that, and first of all, it was a great event. Great seeing you there. Great to see um, just what, what's going on. They get the, the backstory behind what they're doing at MYAS. I actually didn't know three-fourths of the, of the things that were going on there. It's yeah. amazing what they're doing for kids. Yeah, because basically they're saying if you don't have a travel team to play on, if you're not on the AU team, we're trying to make it so that if you want to play, you can play, Right. You know, giving opportunities to all. Yep. Now, who was the first person that gave you an opportunity? Do you remember? You, uh, I don't know if you know um, John Sherman. Do you know John? Yeah, Sherman? yeah, sure. John's John. yeah, a legendary figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, so he was running all the traveling basketball stuff in uh, in my area back in the day. So I played for John Sherman uh, for South Traveling. I was in the fifth grade. I was playing up. I didn't get any playing time because. Everybody ahead of me was better than me. Yeah. So I just kind of learned that whole season, man. But that was my first opportunity to play traveling. Who the heck was on that team that was better than you? Well, you wouldn't know them, but they were like, they were from my neighborhood, most of them. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, Mike, they were better than me. I'm not, I'm never going to lie. They were all better than me at that time. At that time. Yeah. At that time. But then the next year, that's when I played with Adam Boone and Ben Johnson at uh, for Washburn Traveling, and then we played the next three years together. So that's- oh, so you were with Ben and Boone together? Yeah. Would yeah. you guys run a three guard, or what'd you do? Yeah, we ran three guards, and we 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 pretty much won everything. 
Really? In, as far as traveling basketball. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, what a shock. You and Ben Johnson, Adam Boone won everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you guys had gone to the but same high school, you'd have won everything, too, let me tell you. Yeah, but, Mike, we didn't know back then. We were just, you know, little regular kids. Yeah, yeah. Adam's done uh, He's done pretty well for himself as well, hasn't he? Yeah, Adam's doing great, man. You know, went to Carolina, then transferred back to the U. Now he's working for Cargill. Him yeah. and his family are overseas, living, doing their thing. Yeah, great kid. Hey, hey Trey, you, you, you mentioned you were a Memphis Grizzly at one time in the first-round draft pick into the NBA, and, and, and you and I were talking about this a little bit the other night. But when you watch Memphis and the Timberwolves trade punches, is Memphis clearly a better team, a little bit better team? Are they equal? What do you see? I think the only the only advantage they really have is that they have some playoff experience from last season. I think they're very evenly matched. I mean, I don't want to, you know, go back into a depressing topic and talk about the game that we lost, you know, when we had to leave. But, yeah. I mean, cl- clearly that was our game. So, it's – I mean, we lost it, so I can't say it's our game because we lost it. But, I mean, I, we were there. We were more than there. So I don't, I don't really want to say that they're a better team. I just think they have a little more experience, and we really dropped the ball on that opportunity. But, you know, it's 2-2. I think all Minnesota fans should be happy about that, especially the way they responded coming off that, that I don't even know what to say about it, but we'll just call it a tough loss. Yeah, tough but, loss. Yeah. 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 I don't, you know, I don't know what to say, Mike. You know, I want to be respectful because I'm a fan first. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, so, but I, I, I just have never seen one quite like that one before, you know? I mean, they were the tw- Timberwolves ended up down by 12 points after leading by 25 in the third quarter. I mean, that's a 37-point yeah. swing. That's almost impossible. It is. It is. I, I think we were all sitting at home just, just yelling, timeout, <laughs> you know, timeout, timeout, timeout. I think we all, in unison across the whole state, and maybe even people that weren't even Timberwolves fans were just probably yelling, please call the timeout. But, but you know what, though, Mike, the way they responded the next game, I mean, they showed grit, they showed heart, they competed. Because a lot of teams would have folded after a heartbreaking loss like that. So the fact that they came out, gave it their all, and got a win, you know, I'm, I'm proud of them, if that means anything. You know what I yep. mean? <laughs> yep. Now, Troy Bell, today I was out at Timberwolves, and, and Chris Finch was asked about, you know, the fact that, you know, they, they let Memphis back into the game in game four at the end of the game. And he said, well, I thought we went a little bit one on, too much one-on-one, too much hero basketball in the last three or four minutes that allowed Memphis to get back in the game. So I didn't ask him this question, but I'll ask you because I don't know if there's an answer for it. If you're afraid that your team is going to go too much isolation or one-on-one in the last few minutes, can't you just call a play, or or, or is that doesn't that work in the NBA? Can't can't you just say to negate uh, too much one-on-one and too much of this and that? I'm just going to call play 34 or whatever it is to ensure that we get I don't know the ball screens the whatever. Or am I oversimplifying that? You know, I don't think you're oversimplifying it. It's just that. Memphis is a really good defensive team, mm-hmm. and you know, some, some like a lot. Even we watch the games. A lot of times they'll call a play for Cat, but the guy denies Cat so well that that they got to do something else. And I think one of the advantages that the Wolves have is that they have so many guys that can get their shot off the dribble. Cat can get his shot off the dribble. Beasley can get his shot off the dribble. Russell Edwards. I mean, we're blessed as far as having one-on-one talent. But 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 you're right though. Sometimes too much one-on-one can be a problem. But then you got the 24-second shot clock. Yep. It's not like it's a high school game with no shot clock where you can just grind it out. Yeah. At the end, 24 seconds is short. So yep. even if you call a play, 
someone's got to get a shot off pretty quick. I guess, and, and you're kind of at this level. The sophistication of it is they're reading too, right? And if you got the isolation you want, that's where the ball stops because it's your game now, right? I mean, that's just the way it works. I mean, that's it. Even when, if you watch LeBron, you know, nine out of ten times he's going to run a few pick and rolls until he gets the the matchup he wants. Then he's going to go a one on one. But the yep. difference with LeBron is he's one of the best facilitators ever. And he's like almost six nine. Yeah, you know, not everybody has that kind of advantage. So every all of us, I won't even call. I'm not putting myself in the category, but the normal players, they got to kind of take what they can get. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. I, I mean, some games I go, whoa, are they lucky to have him? And some get, you know, he seems like such a cool customer. I don't think he gets rattled, but some days he's productive, and some days he's not. Can he get his shot anytime he wants, or is he not quick enough? You know, that, it's tough because, we, like you said, we've seen him be amazing one-on-one at times, and then, and then we've seen him just be, look very average out there. Yeah. But he, is an, he is an amazing talent, but he's not lightning quick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even last game when you watched uh, Jordan McLaughlin come in, and he did amazing. 16 yeah. points in 14 minutes, had the highest plus-minus for the Timberwolves. He did an amazing job. I mean, to get a guy off the bench to score 16 to 14 minutes, Amazing. But even you look at a guy like him, not the most talented guy, but he's he's pretty quick. Yeah. So he's you know, when you watch him, he's driving by guys, he's doing a lot more things. Not not the I'm not gonna call him the same caliber of players as Russell, it's not even close, but his quickness allows him to get opportunities that a guy like Russell can't always get. Russell to me is a guy that if his outside shot is falling, you gotta contest it. And then that's when a lot of his, his sure. mid shots and his drives to the basket open up. So when his when his deep ball's not falling, it, it really it really makes him struggle. Now John Morant, uh, obviously coming into this uh, series, everybody said, "Well, it's all about Morant. It's all about Morant." It has not been all about Morant. He's he's had signs. I mean, he, he's done some good things, uh, but the last two he hasn't been that great. And for whatever reason, he struggles at target center. Uh, does that mean the Wolves have done an outstanding job, or is it that Morant? Uh, falls short of what you know in, in an extended series. Some people even say, "Well, you know, physically he he's not big enough for he's a grinder." And now it's you know he missed a bunch of games during the year, but it's the end of the year, and physically he he might be running out of gas. What do you see when you see Morant? Is it the product of great Wolves defense, or is it him? Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think I think that as Morant's career goes on and he develops that shot. I think he's going to be unstoppable. But at this moment, without him being a three-point shooter, and you are, and even if you sag off him, he can still get to the lane. He's that quick. But being that you don't have to respect his three-point shot that much, you know, you can kind of sag off him. And if you can give him, if you can, if you can get two steps off Morant, and you're an NBA player, most guards are going to be able to slide good enough to at least contest the shot. And at target center, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like he's getting calls in Memphis, but let's call it what it is. In Memphis, he gets more calls. In Target Center, I think they're playing it normal, and so he's not as effective, but I think it's mostly because of his his outside shots. He's not that great. No, I I thought he was a better shooter than what I've seen. Yeah, I thought so too, in college particularly, but, you know, all season, I think he was averaging 16 points in the paint, which I think has to be some kind of record for a guard. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But but being that we do have size, we do have athleticism, and you're in a series, so you're, there's no surprises. I just think that without him being able to knock down shots and without the refs, I don't want to say bailing them out like they did in those Memphis games, but they kind of bailed them out a little bit, 
it, I just don't think that he's going to be able to be as effective. But don't get me wrong. I think he still had double-digit assists last game, which is, which is still amazing. Yeah. But, you know, but he's averaging, what, like 26, 27 on the season. And without giving him that, you know, it, it's just not the same job Morant. But that guy, Brandon Clark, is coming off the bench, and he is amazing. Who are all these guys, man? Clark and Bain, and, you know, and, 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 and you're going – I, I guess I've heard their names, but until you watch, this is what's fun about the playoffs. Until you watch them in a playoff, you don't realize how good some of these guys are. Well, to be honest, Mike, you know we can't follow everybody. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you see who you see, right? Yeah, you see who you see. But like you said, we're seeing them now all the time. I mean, I mean, but, but let's be honest. Bain, the last couple of games, is playing out of his mind. He yep. averaged like eighteen for the season, but I mean, this guy's getting high twenties and thirties every game. So. You know, he's he's definitely on a whole nother level. And the Clark guy, what's so impressive to me is his flip shots in the lane. I mean, he's getting in the lane, he's getting the he's six eight and he's still getting the ball over our our, our extended defenders. And he's I think last game he was seven for nine from the field. I mean, he's been he's been amazing for the Grizzlies and a nightmare for us fans and the Wolves. Now, would you, if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, do you intentionally try to do things that will frustrate Carl Anthony Towns and get him emotionally off his game? Is is that a fair piece of a game plan going into this? Honestly, man, I think that was, I think that would have served them better pre-playoffs. I mean, I think I think Towns has grown. No, no I'm not saying he's going to make all the shots, but I do think he's grown since the Clippers lost. And and I think all the Timberwolves grew a little bit after that tough loss the other night. I think I think I think he's maturing at a rapid rate, and I think he has to in order for us to have a chance to even you know win this series. How difficult will Game Five be? And do you think whoever wins Game Five wins the series? You know, I I don't I don't, I don't want to say that Game Five is the ticket is the golden ticket because. I mean, both these teams are competing. I mean, they are really – they're leaving it out there. They're really competing. But but it, it is going to be a huge game. For I think from a morale standpoint, I think it's going to be a huge game. But but I don't – I think the toughest part is going to be Morant's back at home. And, and the refs and, – and in my opinion, the refs has kind, of, has kind of showed a little more favoritism towards getting Morant to the free throw line in Memphis. Mm. Who was the best player for Memphis when you played there? Oh, Paul Gasol. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah it was Paul Gasol, no question. He was, uh, I think, matter of fact, after my first year, he had just signed his $86 million deal, which was huge back then in 2004. Yeah, still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's still great. It's still he great. was so good, the Lakers got him. got him, yeah. Yeah, but you look at a guy like Trey Young, who's on a 203 for five right now. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep, I, that's, oh, the, the money. The money is much different now. It's you know? much different. It wasn't bad back then. Hey, Troy, we got to do this again. Fun visiting with you. Hopefully, they'll keep playing the playoffs, and we'll keep talking. For sure. Thanks, Mike. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.